What's going on, everybody? This is Justin coming from you. Oh, wait, no, it's not Justin. This is Jake, because Justin has skipped this episode of A Few Too Many. Uh, I'm joined with my co-host this episode, Zane. Zane, how's it going? What's going on, folks? Uh, summer, summer edition of the A Few Too Many podcast, volume two today. We're kicking it off. Um, I know it's not summer yet, but it's spring. Spring has sprung. Bloomsday was ran this weekend. I'm still recovering. Um, but nowhere else I'd rather be than chopping it up with the boys here on a Tuesday. Love it. And we got a great episode for you for you all today. We're starting out with some Gonzaga news, breaking down the latest recruits and um, transfer portal information, followed by a quick NBA recap. Brandon Clark was going to feature heavily in that. And then following it up with some NFL draft recap, followed by um, just what the boys have been watching since uh, college basketball has kind of uh, flamed out for us. Um, so as always, we're joined by actually all three interns today. I'd like to congratulate uh, intern Dan from being back from dog paternity leave. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. Fire unauthorized, up. unauthorized paternity leave. <laughs> hey, I heard the call outs on the last episode and uh, I uh, had to show up today. That's rule number one, show up. I have showed up. Zoe is playing with her favorite toy, Miss Piggy. And uh, she just had a nice meal of kibble. We went outside for a nice little walk before this. And uh, yeah, things are, things are going well in dog dad land, except for my fingers getting bitten off, but that's okay. Perfect. Perfect. And, you know, Dan looking great. Can't even see the, the stretch stretch mark. So um, also we have Cooper and, and Zambi coming with to us live too. Coop, Zambi, how are you guys doing? What's going on, amigos? Intern Coop here, as always. You know, I'm never I'm never away. You know, you can't you can't get away with that. So but happy to be here. Pumped to talk Zags, pumped to talk to other sports. Um, so, yeah, let's get it rolling. What's up? Intern Zambi here. We got Baja. Uh, similar to Zoe, he's been eating tonight. It's not necessarily the, the same diet. He's had some turkey, some burrito, some chicken cutlets, but he's doing great and he's ready for a good show. Perfect. Well, I know Zane has a, a hard out at 740, I think. So let's dive right in. Boys, uh, it felt like this last week really gave our Zags optimism um, renewed life. Big recruitment info, uh, Efton Reed transferring from LSU and a big four-star commit, uh, Desi Stromer from Dan's own alma mater, Notre Dame High School. Both committed, both becoming Zags. Boys, how do we feel about these pickups? Well, first and foremost, we were somewhat hurting for good news in, in Gonzaga land last week. Um, Earlier on in the week, we missed out on two, two sort of big men that I think we on the podcast were eyeballing um, in Fardaz, a make a big maple. Just call him big, big maple. maple and Johnny Broom. We were we were big on those guys. Uh, neither of them landed. We immediately, you know, reached out to the people and, and wanted to see where their heads were at, where they were feeling. Most people were feeling pretty concerned at that point uh, for for our you know, foreseeable future. Um, but then boom, you know, we get the Efton news, Efton Reed commits, and then a mere hours later, Dusty Stromer. Uh, so, so positive vibes, 
Um, I, for one, am a big Efton Reed fan. I think I think he got the short end of the stick at LSU last year. Uh, so I'm going to give him a break. I know his numbers aren't fantastic. He averaged just over, you know, six points a game, just over four rebounds a game and shot 25% from the three point line. Um, but the dude is a big boy, 6'11", over 250. Um, Jeff Goodman tweeted out that he heard a scout describe him as extremely skilled for his size. Needs to get stronger, but has NBA potential due to his size and skill. Below the rim, athlete. Boys, there is nothing. This team needs more after the departure of Chet than a NBA potential with size and skill. That's what we need, and we got it. I agree, and you're totally right. The numbers don't really pop out at you, but all the articles I read, it was like, yeah, well, LSU just didn't have any good guards you could facilitate, so that's why, like, all the centers struggled. So I'm pretty sure in our system, we if there's one thing we can do, it's make a center who's a little, uh, let's say, awkward with the post moves. We, we can give them some, some skill set to dominate the WCC. Um. Interns, any thoughts on, on Efton Reed before we move on to Dusty Stromer? Uh, no. I mean, I think we can all agree that we needed a big. Um, I guess we're not going off a huge sample size. I haven't watched a lot of tape on this guy. Does anyone have a player comp for Efton Reed? Akeem Olajuwon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love that when they just name, like, the best player of the position. They're like, oh, yeah, he plays, you know, kind of. I, I would throw out, uh, you know, I think all we can hope for is like some resemblance to Brandon Clark here, maybe. Um, the, the, the description of below the rim athlete just concerns me with that, though. Um, Dan, Dan's shaking his head in the corner here. Dan, what are, what are your thoughts? Well, no, I was just – Zane kind of answered his own thing right there with the below the rim athlete. I would not say that that would – be uh, at all resembling Brandon Clark by any means. The thing that just came to my mind, and this may be a total reach, but remember uh, Udoka Azubuke for Kansas? Oh, just yeah. A big dude, like good post moves, good defender, not the greatest athlete on the court. Um, that's just what came into my mind, and I'm going to run with it. I don't know if there's anything that's really tangible with that, but I'm going there just because of the, you know, lack of the athleticism, but I just think the development that our program um, has in the track record, especially with the bigs, especially in getting a guy like him, that's a five-star talent, uh, you know, potential there is uh, limitless. So pretty, pretty good news to see that come through. And then to see the, um, you know, guys sharing the news and, you know, Mark Fuse comments on him and it doesn't sound like he's just a one-year guy. He's going to be there and he's going to develop. So hopefully add him to the great lineage of Gonzaga big man. What can someone explain to me below the rim athlete? Um, does that just mean you can't jump? I mean, he's six eleven. I, I feel like he'll be above. You couldn't shoot like from anywhere besides the rim. Was always my. Yeah, is that does that mean he's not athletic? To me, yeah. I mean, to me, it, it comes down to the like jumping ability. Uh, like obviously, he's six eleven, so he can run the floor and you know dunk and block shots, but he's not gonna you know skyrocket off the floor the way Brandon Clark would. So is Shemek yeah. a below-the-rim athlete? Or? God, yes. Drew Timmy also kind of below – pretty much below the rim. Yeah. 
Al, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. I think below <clears throat> below the rim athlete means that he has some moves to get the ball up. Might not have the best jumping ability. I'm 5'11". I have the moves of a post player. <laughs> I'm a below the rim athlete. So I'm feeling okay with this. I think we'll be okay. Okay. So his player comp is Zamblin. <laughs> uh, okay. Moving on. Um, I'll let Dan lead this one off since he, um, you know, was talking with the administration at, at Notre Dame high school. Dusty, is it Stromer or Stromer? I need to know this before. It is Dusty Stromer. Uh, most important commitment from Notre Dame high school to Gonzaga since yours truly. Um, but from what i hear dusty is a walking bucket as cooper likes to say i think on every show that we do um the guy can absolutely score from all three levels uh my high school doesn't necessarily have the greatest track record with basketball players um so dusty kind of made us relevant and very competitive in a very uh tough division in in the you know southern california so Dude seems like seems like a winner. Um, I know that it was UCLA, Arizona, and Gonzaga really that was big on him. Um, I think his style of play suits us or Arizona way more, but it came down to us versus UCLA. I think, you know, if you think about it, like Gonzaga plays a whole lot more fun style than Mick Cronin and UCLA does. So uh, pumped to have him in Spokane. He's probably like a two- to three-year guy from what I hear from the athletic director at Notre Dame. Shout out Alec Moss. Um, great kid, great family, and uh, I think he will fit in nicely with the Zags, and it doesn't hurt that he also has some flow to him. So, I love it. Yeah, I think he compared himself to Corey Kispert, was his own player comp, so he made it easy for us. Is it? I mean, it's shocking that we were able to pry away a kid from L.A., from UCLA, right? Like, what? That, to me, that's pretty shocking. Right. Maybe this means Mick Cronin needs to wear even fancier suits on the bench. Well, Maybe I think that's... I think like UCLA is an attractive program for for high school recruits because oh. Mick Cronin just says, go fucking shoot whatever you want. Take all the crappy little, you know, long range twos you want and go get it. So, I, you know, I, I think that would be a pretty fun program if you're a guy who can shoot the ball well. I think, I mean, look at Jaime Hawkins' success. Um, I think... I'm not upset about it, but... I'm surprised. I think the danger is it's like for the bigger schools that can get those, like, I mean, I know Gonzaga in the last two years, we had those two, you know, Chad and Suggs, obviously where those Uber talents are one and done, but I don't know if those other schools have the track record we do of taking a guy who's like a four star, maybe top three star and is developing him to become like a NBA first round pick. And I think that's, that's the mindset we should be looking for. I just looked at the screen and t- everyone's gone. Where, where did everybody go? I'm here. We're back. Re- Real quick, though, Zane, I, I think that traditionally um, prying, you know, Gonzaga prying somebody away from L.A. that's that good away from UCLA – First of all, I don't think it's happened. I think this is the first time that that we've kind of gotten that, you know, city in our recruiting pipeline for a player of that caliber. Not a knock. Well, Dom, Dom Harris is, is an LA kid. Say, wasn't Dom Harris recruited by UCLA? Dom's an <laughs> LA kid, but I don't know if – yeah, you're right. You're right. I think it was before the Cronin era, though. Yeah, uh, who the hell was the coach? Dude, who the hell was their coach? Ben Howland? Was he their coach then? Luke Walton. 
That seems no, outdated. It was the coach's dad, the, the kid with the, the – the coach Steve had his kid Al- on the team. Steve Alford? Yeah, Alford. Oh, Steve Alford. Alford, yeah, thank you. Jesus, not Ben Howland. That was that was, that was in the way back machine. Steve Lavin. <laughs> <laughs> New coach of your USD Toreros. Um, but, no, I mean, I think uh, what it comes down to is just the – Gonzaga is so much more fun to play at. Like, look at just the way we play, the way we get up and down, the way we score. UCLA is a rock fight, and – um, I think Mark few is probably a little bit more fun to play for than McCronin. I think that's kind of what it boils down to. And, uh, you know, being able to say, Hey, like, yeah, the PAC 12 is cool, but I know if I go to Gonzaga, I have a legitimate chance to compete for multiple national championships, which other programs can't really compete with. Fair point. I do hear they call Mark few, Mr. Fun. Um, so that being said, we brought in some great talent um, you know, these, these two new recruits, one for this upcoming year, Dusty for 2023. But um, since our last episode, now all five of our starters ha- are at least testing the NBA waters. Boys, are we concerned over under two and a half? How many players actually go to the NBA? Ooh, I would take, well, go to the NBA or go, like no leave longer college. Like leave college? they could they could be like Petrosev and like, or like a yacht, you know, well, G two, League, NBA, international. Two are already locks. So you're just saying, does Strother, Timmy, or Bolton go? I'm going to say one of those three go. Uh, yeah, I guess I should have done three and a half, but I, I, I like two and a half because three and a half stresses me out. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know where their mindsets are. Like maybe Bolton just feels like he's too old for college and can go make money in Europe. Maybe Timmy wants to take that leap, even if it's a late second round or even, you know, like a free agent pickup afterwards, maybe, I don't know. Depends what he wants to do. Um, I personally don't see how, like, I think Julian Strother is an NBA talent. I just don't think he's there yet. Um, my opinion means nothing though. So someone in the NBA could tell him, you know, we, we love what you got. We think you, we can develop you. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's coming back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't remember a time where we've had this much uncertainty um, in between seasons. Well, I mean, we used to be so excited when one of our players would even declare for the draft. We're like, wow, oh my God, they might, might be a first round option. Probably not, but maybe. And now it's just like, oh yeah, they're gone. Zambi, I saw your hand up. Did you have uh, something to add? Um, I think that was a previous comment. Um I don't think Strother is going to go. Um, when I was sitting here in my chair, I was like thinking to myself on mute. And I was like, Rasir Bolton. I feel like, oh, it was when uh, was it Zach Norvell or Jordan Matthews declared. Probably Zach Norvell. Because Jordan Matthews, he, he didn't have another year of eligibility. Yeah, after. yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like it's kind of like that situation where it's like, there's still some hope, but it's also like you just have no idea what's going on. So that's just kind of where I'm at. I have a question. Is Gonzaga the only school in the entire country that didn't have a player transfer enter the trans? Oh, wait, we did. We did have. A no, we're, but not. Uh, Will Graves wasn't scholarship. So ah. we're one of, I think it's 16 D1 programs that did not have a scholarship player transfer, which is insane since there's what, like, 350 or something 
Like, and the others one, it's like Duke was one, and like a couple of like kind of Villanova. I feel like Villanova was one. Probably Villanova. It was either like the like best run programs, like at the top, or like kind of like the smaller out of the way schools. From when I just glanced the the list, Portland. Portland had no one transfer. (laughs) They all wanted to come back and run it back, baby. Still, nothing's funnier than that. There was some post like this Portland player made where he's like, you know, just because I averaged six points in high school doesn't mean I, I, I couldn't make the team and I worked and I'm now on the team. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, how do you average six points in high school and play D1 basketball? That's amazing. And who wants you? But I think, Jake, you were you're getting into a good thing with the over under of uh, how many of those guys come back. So I feel like we all should answer that. That's a good point. This was a circle. Um, Zane said over. Dan, what are you feeling? I think Zane said over on who goes, right? Is that is that how it was posed? Yes. Was- so over means three players would go. I'm under, under. Yeah. You I'm, like under? Okay, I'm going so under. You- I'm, a, I'm, going, I'm going eternal optimist and Timmy, Strother, and Bolton are all back. I think and NIL changes all of it. I think um, with Strother specifically, Zambi, I think you, were, you you mentioned the name. I think Strother hopefully can learn maybe a little something from Zach Norvell. Maybe the situations are a little different, but they're a little similar in their, in their play style and the way that it looked like it was going to translate to the NBA. Um, I wonder if Zach Norvell got a do-over, what he would do, to be honest with you. Just like, you know, he got to play in the G League, got to play in the NBA a little bit, but would he still be playing in the NBA if maybe he had another year? I don't know. Um, and I think Strother, like it's, it's, it's hard for me to imagine somebody going to the NBA after a straight up dud of a performance in the NCAA tournament, unless he gets like a guaranteed deal where he knows he can go because um, I think he's way better off coming back. And Bolton, again, NIL opportunity to play for Natty and Timmy NIL, NIL, NIL. The only reason he should leave, in my opinion, is if it's, you know, he knows he's getting a first round deal because he's going to make more money, I think, in college. True. I mean, that's a great point. And I mean, Timmy is just like, he, he's a low, pro, he'd probably be the Wooden Award favorite next year, right? Like going into the season. And yeah. I, I, Oscar Sheba is coming back. So <laughs> that is true. But I mean, I feel like they very rarely give it back to back. Like they don't like doing that, even though like his stats will probably be identical. Um, but Coop, do you agree with Dan? Do you think it's going to be the, the, um, the under hitting or the over? Are you the pessimist or optimist? Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle. I think at the very least, one of them will definitely come back, whether that's uh, Strother, Timmy, or Bolton. But I do think we'll, uh, in the end, we'll lose one. And I'm kind of leaning towards Bolton leaving. I think that guy just wants to play overseas and kind of get his bag which i don't blame him i mean i feel like everyone anyone would in that situation i just don't know what what the nil market looks like for that guy but i feel like timmy should absolutely come back i mean with his brand and his image and likeness i mean that guy's gonna make a pretty penny next year and i think he's a complete afterthought if he decides to declare and you know either enter the g league or play overseas so when you have guys like shibwe and armando baycott coming back timmy should absolutely do the same and be the face of college basketball again and hopefully win a natty. 
So yeah, I think in the end uh, we get two of the three and that being Timmy and Strother. Long-winded way of saying the over. <laughs> hey, I like it because nothing wrong <laughs> with like Bolton doing the kind of Gino Crandall path where he's like now like the best player in the British league. You know, I'm, I'm sure that's it's a great life, good money. And, you know, you're still playing the sport you love. Uh, Zambi over under. Taking the under. Under. So you think all three are going to um, come back? Yes, I do. Nice. Um, I have a question. Yes. We do this every year where we have a kid who could come back, but we also have like rising younger talent with Bolton. I mean, we have some young guards that, that, you know, our five-star recruits, four-star recruits. Um, we could potentially have uh, a guard transfer in. Like, is this, is there a spot for Bolton? Like I know he was, he exceeded expectations this past year, but is that all, all we needed him for? I don't know. That's a good question. I think if we get the Texas Tech guy, then we have too many guards. But if we don't get I the think Tech if we get guys, the Ohio State the Iowa State guy too. Oh, I forgot about wait, which one's up? Iowa State guy. Tyrese Hunter? Yeah. He's he was not But nice they both the played they both played together. How would that not work well? No, I think he was a, that Tyrese Hunter guy was a freshman, whereas Rajir had already transferred. Oh, fuck. Damn it. Um I don't know. I like Rasir. I, I want him back. I mean, I think I, if, if I'm not mistaken, right now on paper, we have a starting point guard in Hickman, uh, two, three guards in uh, Dom and Salas, uh, Efton Reed and Anton, right? Yes. If we're not saying Strother's coming back, if, if we're only counting the what we have. So, I mean, I think at this point, it's pretty imperative that, you know, we have another point guard. Whether that's, that's true. We do need another ball handler. Is that the Iowa State guy? Is that the position he plays? Yes, I think so. Yeah, he'd probably be more of a one or two. I get what you're saying, Zane. I think, I think yes, if Bolton were to come back, yes, he would start over those guys because of his, his experience. But he's the guy that we can afford to lose the most because of what we have replacing him. In terms of those studs that, you know, Nolan, Hunter, hopefully Tyrese, Tyrese Hunter, and, you know, maybe, maybe the Kevin McCullough Jr. too. So, um, you know, if, if Rasheer comes back, absolutely, he's starting and as he should, but we're not screwed if we lose him the way that Timmy will, you know, severely impact us. Great points, guys. I kind of, uh, all this talk kind of leads us to, the, where should the Zags be ranked coming into the season? So I'm going to ask each of you, I want your best case scenario and your worst case scenario. So say, you know, we're the optimists like Dan and you think that only two players are leaving for the draft. We have all these transfers. What's the highest we should be ranked in the preseason and what's the lowest we should be ranked in the preseason. And I'll start with Cooper. Oh, um, so I think best case scenario is kind of, as I mentioned before, we get both Strother and Timmy back and that we land, you know, a formidable, formidable guard in the portal, whether that's Kevin McCuller or 
uh, Tyrese Hunter from Iowa State. And I think if we do that, we're an easy top 10, if not top five team. Um, so somewhere in that, in that range. We'll call that seven. How about? Yeah. Yeah. Give it a, give it a seven. I think worst case is the complete opposite. Timmy and Strother and Bolton all declare. Um, and we're kind of scraping from the bottom of the barrel as far as the transfer portal goes. And, um, and if that's the case, I think we're probably maybe somewhere in the 15, the 20 range. Um, so yeah, call it, call it 17, 18, something like that. Okay. I like it. I like it. Even so, I mean, that's still optimistic. I would say that even in the worst case, we're still top 20. Um, Dan, well, I'll move over to the optimist here. Um, what best and worst? Let's hear it. Best case scenario, I think everyone has drawn it out with who's back, who we added, all that good stuff. I say we'd be top three, probably number three, um, behind you know, who who's right, Arkansas two? and UNC or something like that. Arkansas, fuck Arkansas. I want Arkansas next year. Give me Arkansas. We can be a four seed. We can be the one. Dude, They're saying I, Houston and Kentucky are up there too next year. Just basically I mean, returning everyone. Fuck, fuck Houston too. Houston's a fraud. Um, I say I like think North, it's Houston. <laughs> North Carolina, Kentucky, Arkansas, us. Like we're all kind of should be lumped in the same kind of kind of area. Um, so I'd say, yeah, number three, worst case scenario, I think it's 15, right around there. Um, I think you know, we can't can't be lost on us that we have. Guys like Nolan Hickman, uh, Hunter Salas, I must said Brandon Clark, <laughs> oh, guys that are guys that are proven studs in terms of what they were recruited to be in college, whether that's four star, five star recruits. Anton Watson, can he take that jump that we have been dreaming about for years? Maybe, um, but also don't forget Ben Gregg is a four star recruit too. And our bigs develop. Yes, we didn't see, we haven't seen a ton of him yet. But if Ben Gregg had to be elevated into a bigger role, I firmly believe that he would be a good college basketball player and not someone that we're just kind of rolling our eyes at. And also, I, I I I failed to mention Dom Harris. So you know, our guard play is going to be great. I think we're 15 at the worst. Okay, I like it, Zamlin. Let's hear best and worst. All right, so piggybacking off of Dan here, um, if you guys didn't hear, there's a new NIL deal in Spokane. Cascadia Public House has the dominator. 5%, goes, baby, 5%. 5% goes to charity. Not sure what Dom's cut is, but if you have the chance, help the guy out. Not a free advertisement. Getting a couple bucks on the side, but... Um, 5% goes to Zamblin, too. <laughs> Um, I'd say probably best case, we're around like seven, eight. Worst case, uh, 16. Um, I think it really just is dependent on Timmy. I think that's what a lot of the sports writers are, are uh, kind of basing that off of. I still don't think Timmy's going to go, but um, yeah, that's pretty much my, my best worst of my dog on my lap. So that's all I got. I like it. Zane? That's, yeah. I want to hear the pessimist. Yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more with with Zamblin's sentiment as far as like Timmy's effect on this, on our ranking. I mean, he literally, he there's like a 12 seed gap between if he comes back and if he doesn't. Um, 
I think, it, you know, best case scenario, our starting lineup next year is Nolan Hickman, Hunter Salas with Dom backing those guys up, Julian Strother, um, Drew Timmy and Efton Reed. That's a top five college basketball team right there, in my opinion. Um, and, and then just some monster players off the bench and Watson already said, Dom, Ben Gregg's going to develop. That is a, that is a final four contending team. I think um, if, if our starting lineup shapes up to look more like Nolan Hickman, Salas, uh, I, Dom at the three, I, I don't know who plays the three, Jim, uh, Anton Watson at the four and Efton Reed at the five, that might not be a top 20 team. Um, and, and that, a lot of that just depends on, you know, like Hickman is by all accounts, phenomenal guard, but he's never, he's never been given the keys and he's given the keys at a pretty young age. Um, when we were at Gonzaga, Josh Perkins was given the keys at a pretty young age and it took a while for him to sort of, you know, formulate his way through the tough times. Um, can Hickman, you know, jumpstart that? Can he, can he? move quicker than a guy like Perkins did. Sure. And then, you know, we're right back up to being a top 15 team, I think, but if he doesn't, things are sketchy. Um, and if, and if that happens, I told you guys, I think the sweet 16 streak is, is sort of up for grabs. Um, and it's something to think about. There's a lot of time drew Timmy coming back in my opinion, changes everything. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Zane. Yeah. I think, Ceiling for preseason for us is three, and that's if everyone, you know, returns, minus Chad and Andrew, obviously. Um, and then floor, I think my biggest fear is it'd be like we'd be ranked 18th, and then, like, we struggle coming out of the gate because, what, we have to go play at Kansas next year. We have some hard games scheduled. Um, and, you know, we would we would have, like, no one with really meaningful minutes starting for us like meaningful in like six seven but not like starting minutes besides strother like oh no in this scenario who's gone besides nobody i guess anton started for a bit but um yeah i i mean i just hope we we get some people back but the the, the reverse of that though what dan kind of brought up is that ragtag worst scenario group every single one of those starting five players has a chip on their shoulder game right out the gate you know they were all either four four star recruits or they've been in the system and haven't quite panned out like you know maybe they're projected to this is or they've gone through injuries and had to battle through that to get back this is a team that has the makings for like you know just a team of destiny maybe if they if they can come together so you know even even that worst case scenario team I don't think there's any way in hell they're ranked in the top 15 at the beginning of the season. And maybe it takes them a while to come together, but I mean, that could be a fiery little ragtag Motley crew for us to get behind. I love it. I hope, I mean, I would, I would get, I would totally be behind a season like that where there's not a lot of expectations, but we just perform well. Like why not us? Why not us? Because it's been tiring being like ranked the highest and not having a championship to show for it. And it's like, if you don't win, you just feel like shit and it'd be great to just like surprise some people, but we've been talking about this for a while. We'll move on to um, other big news. Um, the, a new tournament proposal has been proposed. Uh, we're coining it the whack off the WAC off. This is uh, essentially a busting, busting brackets 
version of in February, all the mid-major conferences, they would play two games against teams from other conferences who are on the similar level as themselves. So, for example, USF might be playing like a Nevada, while Gonzaga could be playing a Cincinnati or, or Houston. And the idea that it would give the mid-majors a chance to play some, you know, meaningful games later in the year. Boys, what's our, what's our feeling on this, this tournament? I mean, I think it's, I think it's good for college basketball, maybe not college basketball as a whole, because the power six conference, power five plus big East um, aren't able to participate for, you know, TV contract reasons, the 20, 20 game season, you know, limitations that they have, but I mean, to have, the prospect of Gonzaga guaranteed two games in late February against, you know, other top caliber mid-major programs like Houston, Memphis, Cincinnati. I mean, even we could have played Dayton when they had Obi Toppin. Um, So that that Loyola Chicago is even like a, is even a good matchup to play against tournament teams late in the season is invaluable to this program given that we have to waltz our way through fucking Portland and Pacific and USD and LMU every single February. And BYU. Well, yeah, now we don't even have BYU as well. So it's just for me as a Gonzaga fan, like this is, this is fantastic news. It needs to happen. It couldn't happen any sooner. I hope it happens. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think it's great. I I think the whole, you know, power six thing, People are gonna, you know, bitch and whine about how they're not involved. I mean, I don't really care. We just need, we just need those two extra games to get us ready for the tournament. I'm pretty sure BYU will be watching this tournament from the Big Twelve. Like, oh God, can we play? <laughs> I, I don't want to just go get my shit kicked in by Baylor right now. Watching, watching in the at halftime in the locker room as they're down forty to Baylor. Yeah. As everyone's just checking the transfer portal to see if there's anywhere they could go. It's probably like Craigslist at this point where you just kind of scroll through. Um, interns, what, what are we feeling? Are we excited for this tournament idea? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, like Zane said, any competition is better than no competition. So especially in late February where we kind of – we just kind of eat like just – ease our way into tournament play and that usually kicks us right in the ass come tournament time so yeah if we're able to add two games that are against formidable tournament worthy teams i think that does nothing but help us um so yeah i'm i'm all for it yeah i'm in the same uh same boat as cooper i think getting some high profile competition after having like sludged through the WCC, it'd be a good thing come tournament time. And maybe that's what we need to finally cut down the nets. So I'm all for it. Totally agree. Two quick points. I think it's gives us an opportunity to play two more games similar to, you know, St. Mary's um, where, you know, it is a new team and it could be, uh, you know, further travel, a tough road game, tough environment to play, whatever it may be. That would be great for us. And then the other thing too is it's going to give you a way more accurate um, idea of what uh, you know these teams actually are going into March because of the fact that you know a lot of these teams will play you know tough non-conference opponents um, you know maybe back in I don't know November 
but a team is so much different come February. So like think about like who San Francisco could have played and San Francisco could have really cemented themselves as a tournament team and maybe even the top seven seed or something like that, if they would have, you know, beaten a good Davidson team or something like that. So I think it's gonna be fun. It's, it's a cool opportunity for, for the little guys to go at it. It's kind of a joke that we'd be a part of that little guy tournament, but we'll take it. Yeah. Probably the only people who probably won't like this idea are it's like Syracuse, Indiana, all those bullshit. This like big five fringe teams that always make it because they're like, well, you know, like VCU like was good, but they didn't really play anybody. So we'll give it to the like 15 and 20 Syracuse. Well, well, it might actually help them a little bit if the mid-majors just cannibalize themselves in this whack-off. True. <laughs> they, could, they could whack each other off. We're just Everyone's whacking each other off. One team just can't finish. The other yeah. teams are finishing ahead of them. Settlers all over the wall. Syracuse is left on the sidelines satisfied. That's all I got. <laughs> I don't know how to segue out of here. <laughs> Dan, did you want to talk about the Big 12 or should we jump into the NBA? Yeah, we could do it real quick just because this Big 12 thing could hurt our whack off because of the fact that I think it's UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston trying to work their way into the Big 12 as soon as next season. So those would be three other teams that we'd lose from something like that that would now be part of the Power 5 plus one with the Big East. Um, I think it just could be indicative of a bigger thing coming where the top programs are just going to kind of separate and play them, you know, just play amongst themselves and have their own tournament potentially. And it's just not even going to be an opportunity for these other pro like conferences to compete. If you're not in the, you know, power six plus the, you know, the, the WCC is going to have to merge into something else. And I think that's all kind of coming. What do you guys think just quickly on like that thought? Um, I think you're right. I think if that this move happens, the WCC becomes the seventh best conference. It would probably jump the American Athletic if they just lost all of their because they would lose, like you said, what Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF. Is that is that the third? Yeah. Um, and then oh oh no, we lose BYU, who's already gonna be shit because no one wants to play for them for some reason now, including their current players. Um I mean, so it might be good short term for the WCC, but yeah, we would have to start like, I think what will just keep happening is like the worst mid-major conferences, like those teams will move up to the like WCC-like conferences and it'll just eventually, yeah, the bottom conferences are just going to be like a D2 and you're like, oh, you get a pretty easy automatic bid, I guess. I, I, for one, kind of hope it happens because maybe that'll be the kick in the ass we need to get out of the WCC. I have officially planted my feet. I've drawn a line in the sand. I am firmly on the, we need to get the fuck out of the WCC side of things. The WCC is not a good conference. And I, and I would push back with Jake. I don't even think it's the seventh best conference, especially given BYU's departure, given um, Golden's leaving you know san francisco uh i think i think the conference is is like gonna be kind of dog shit next year i don't i don't really know what to think of it i mean randy bennett will always keep st mary's relevant but that's all they'll be is just relevant trying to make the tournament every year and that's the second best team we have um so i don't I, we need to get out this conference sucks 
There's nothing. There's no good. conference to go to. We've all. Everyone always has a circle like, oh, we don't have football, so we can't go there. Oh, that's on the East Coast, so like I can't travel. Like, I, well, I don't know, but I don't have to make that decision. <laughs> I is or is there an effort to do that? I would I would like to know. I think there was a couple of years ago when the when the WCC, you know, basically bent over a barrel and gave us anything we wanted. Um, but, Just but, wait until the kids are 18. Then you can <laughs> but I, I mean, is there, is there an ongoing effort to explore other options? I don't know. I think there definitely is. I mean, I think the, the, the football thing is a huge problem that is never going away and that, I don't know how we possibly can compete with that, just with the amount of revenue that comes from these other schools with football. That's always been the issue. And then I think that it's going to have to be, Hey, we got to get over this geographical thing and these logistical challenges, but this is the only way to make it work because Gonzaga can't just sit back and watch all these other conferences, all these other teams that are in a similar tier in terms of not in that power five plus one and, watch them all get to run off and, you know, play with all the big boys. And we just sit there and still play Pacific. Like that just can't happen. Here's a proposal. We make an alliance with Eastern Washington. Their football team represents us. Our basketball team represents them. (laughs) And then we just join the big 12. Bingo. Boom. That's brilliant. Isn't the issue that uh, I'm pretty sure isn't Eastern uh, D2. No, they're D. They're D. One double A. Villanova's football team is also D. One double A. There we go. I mean, there's they still compete with Arizona. Let's be honest. Come on. I mean, Arizona State, State especially. Yeah, Arizona State. Those guys are even worse. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> I was gonna say something cool, but you know what? I don't want to say it anymore. Oh, uh, I didn't mean it. Fork them, bud. Fork them. Oh no. Uh-huh. God. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll jump over to NBA recap. Boys, starting out, we have to report a crime on this show. Um, I believe two days ago, three days ago for listeners, our, our sweet, sweet boy, Brandon Clark, was savagely slapped in the face uh, and dragged to the floor by uh, Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors in game one of the what Western Conference semifinals uh draymond was soon ejected after that and what some are calling a con um what's the word assault battery assault no what controversial controversial jake uh, flagrant too thank you thank you dan wait Um, that's controversial uh well boy sitting next to izzy on the plane we were watching this this game on a flight back from minneapolis to seattle and izzy was just yelling on this plane she's like that is soft. He is baby shit soft. Look, he's just lying on the floor. Like he got slapped in the face and dragged to the floor. Oh, he's just being a baby. Just being a big fat baby. Uh, boys, you agree with Izzy's take that Draymond did nothing wrong or with the, the ref's take that he should have been ejected? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, for one, you know, not the biggest NBA fan in the world here. Haven't watched too much of the playoffs. But this was circulating on the Twitter webs. Um, dude, dude, this is classic Draymond. I, I'll forgive the slap. I don't think the slap, you know, that happens. You're going for a rebound. You're a big guy. Your hands go up. But he, he, he put his hand on his chest, grabbed his jersey, and pulled him to the floor. That is not, has nothing to do with basketball. 
That is, <laughs> you should be, you should be suspended for that. Oh boy, Zane thinks the punishment. And you know what? I have a hot take on Draymond Green also. I'm starting to think the guy is actually just not even a, a very good basketball player. I think he's just an enforcer, similar to what they do in hockey. You go beat someone up. Um, other than that, like he's just a big baby, cries about fucking everything. Hey, all the refs hate me. All the refs hate me. Well, maybe it's because you're a jackass on the court every night. I I cannot stand Draymond Green. I think he's one of the more unlikable athletes in all of American sports. Boy, hot take, hot take. Uh, so you think he's kind of more like a Bill Lambeer type than a, uh, an all-star? A hundred percent. That is a great comparison, Jake. Okay, okay. Dan, your thoughts on the matter? Maybe a more um, tempered approach? <laughs> I'll jump in real quick. It's going to be kind of similar to Zane's sentiment, but not quite as extreme. I think, yeah, with those two fouls combined with the slap to the face and the drag, at that point, it's got to be a flagrant two. If it's just one or the other, it's a flagrant one, but you still, you're still calling something. Did Draymond's reputation probably play a factor in it? Yeah. Should that happen? Probably not. You should more so, you know, ref that stuff objectively, as Zane and I know, as great refs that we once were. Um, but the thing that absolutely drove me crazy about Draymond is as he's getting tossed, He's like running around, firing up the crowd and just like completely lost any sense of like, I don't even know what he was doing. It reminded me, honestly, of Antonio Brown when he left that uh, Bucks game against the Jets, as Katie just reminded me, damn, that was impressive. Um, and Draymond's an idiot. Um, he's a good teammate. He's a good basketball player. I wouldn't say that he's not a good basketball player. He is a good basketball player. He's just not you know, a scorer, but he, he does a lot that helps that team. And there's a reason he's a, he's a champ and he's got championship DNA, but um, I, I don't like him. I think he's good, but I can't stand that shit. And don't do it to Brandon Clark because Brandon Clark, as Jake said, is our sweet, sweet boy. Yeah, Dan, I agree with you. <clears throat> I think Draymond Green, hell of a basketball player. I think he's a less blatant Grayson Allen, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know if is he still in the room, Jake, but oh, she is. I, she's just shaking her head at all these comments. <laughs> no worries. I stand by my comments from happy hour yesterday at Momiji. Draymond Green's dirty. And like you didn't say anything at happy hour about him. Uh, you just don't remember, Izzy. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> remember because you were okay 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 but uh like bc said flagrant two on izzy taking after (laughs) you're ejected god just bumping the crowd up over here (laughs) okay let zamrlund get his take Like BC said, I mean, Draymond has a track record. I still think it's a dirty play. If someone's falling to the floor, you don't grab their jersey. You go under their armpits and, like, lift them up to, like, catch him. It's like, what is tugging on a shirt going to do? It's going to take his jersey off of his shorts. Like, that doesn't work. So, that's my stance. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, yeah, I'll go real quick. I thought it should have just been a flagrant one. I didn't think the ejection was married. I also thought this was such a badly – officiated game did you guys see the play where 
this would have been the worst call of the game if that hadn't happened. Or not worst call, but biggest call. Whereas, like, under a minute left in the game, two-point game, the ball goes out of bounds, and none of the refs call whose ball it is. So they just do a jump ball because there's no challenges left. I'm like, what? that's a rule? Like, you're, you're just saying, fuck it, I don't know. That's not my job. I'm just going to throw the ball up. Yeah, that's what you do. You look at your ref, you kind of look at him, put the hands up, like, did you see anything? Nope. All right, jump ball. (laughs) Dan and I would do that all the time. I think the players actually appreciate that more if you're just like, look, fuck, I couldn't see it. Fast play, like, jump. My mind was blown that with the amount of cameras and, like, the eight refs that you have, like, They should be able to review that and award possession, I agree. But, yeah, I mean, if you don't know, like, refs just kind of look like, Give you the the little like I don't know I don't know Jim and then yeah. you know, you make the call just oh fuck I panicked I pointed that way we're going that way <laughs> okay well moving on I mean Clark besides getting Draymond ejected has also been having an amazing playoff run so far um, I would say besides Ja he was and maybe Desmond Bain he was probably the most impressive Grizzlies player in that Minnesota series averaged like seventeen and twelve off the bench. Huge spark, uh, spark plug, you know, just an offensive rebounding machine. Uh, boys, how happy are we to see Gonzaga's success in the, the NBA playoffs? It's awesome. I mean, watching the Grizzlies play, and I don't think the Grizzlies are in this series without Brandon Clark. Uh, I mean, BC was an absolute monster on the glass and doing everything with – with hustle plays and also coming up with some, with some clutch buckets too. And not just like dunks, you know, his, his uh, float game and his uh, efficiency that we always saw on display was, um, you know, con- is continuing and he's starting to get some love too nationally. Like Stephen A was talking about how much he loves Brandon Clark and, you know, no one's mentioned that he went to Gonzaga, unfortunately. Um, people. Uh, are <laughs> they, they talk about it during the game, you know? Okay. Um, okay. But you remember when Brandon Clark had short arms and he wasn't a good NBA? Oh yeah. Oh was- God. Look, you know, I know he can, <laughs> He has more blocks and missed shots, but I just don't know if he can do that. You're like, but he's doing it. I don't know about that. No, I mean that might that has to be like the draft of the definitely last year getting Ja and Brandon Clark in the same first round. That's you know that's a big reason of this this Grizzlies bounce back. Um, but. Last point in the NBA, um, you know, we, we didn't do an NBA bracket this year, but, boys, who do we like to win it all this year? I want the Grizzlies. God, God just absolutely just threw it down, and if you guys saw that. Yeah, that was, that was pretty sick. Also, Brandon Clark did get posterized like five minutes ago by Andrew Wiggins. I don't know if everyone saw that. Oh, Canada was the I'll take I'll take the mic on this one to start out. I think – um, right now, I like uh, I like the Warriors and Suns to face off in the Western Conference Finals. As much as I love the Mavs, I just think they're a big or two away from really competing. Um, Jalen Brunson's that dude, and that guy's going to secure a fat bag in the offseason. Um, and then the East, I think it's Bucks Heat and Finals. Give me the uh, give me the Heat and the Suns. 
Ooh, I love I love all those picks. Who who do you think is winning between Heat and Sun? That's a fiery matchup, huh? I feel like oh, no, we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about that when we get to the finals, huh, Jake? Okay, I like it. I like it. I like how you say we and neither are your teams, but uh, Dan, you're pacing back and forth. It's probably because you're standing, but let's hear your predictions. I was going to make a similar joke, Jake, about how that is a hot matchup there between the Heat and the Suns, uh, but I liked yours better. I like, I like Fiery more. Uh, I think the Suns will be in the NBA Finals again, and I think they will play the Boston Celtics. Ooh. Oh, you think Boston bounces? They did have a huge win today against uh, the Bucks. Speaking of guys that are that dude, I've been a Jason Tatum guy from day one, even though I hate Duke and hate the Celtics, but <laughs> I've always liked Jason Tatum. Never forget the Lakers drafted who, – who did they draft before Jason Tatum? Lonzo Ball. But don't forget that the Sixers drafted Markel Fultz at number one instead. True. What? But I don't think you want to compare your organization to the Sixers of late. No, but Lonzo Ball is at least a little better than Mark L. Fultz, maybe. Lonzo Ball was also used to acquire a AD, which which him and nine pa- other players on paper was a good move. <laughs> Very true. Getting Lavar out of LA. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so you you got what you said, Celtics, um Suns? Suns. CP is going to the finals again. I love it. Uh, Zane. This is tough because I haven't watched a single playoff game. Um, I'm I'm shooting, I'm shooting at at my hip here. Uh, this is not my Miami heat anymore. That was the bubble Miami heat. Um, so I'm not going to go with, with Miami, um, Philadelphia, who they got these days Embiid and Harden. Yeah. But Embiid's face was broken by, um, an elbow. So he, Probably won't be back to at least game three. Okay. Probably game four. And I I think the Heat won't give him the chance to come back because James Harden's fat and slow now. Okay. Okay. Well, I I, you know, I'll save I'll save this for later, but I've been, you know, revamping the Lakers Boston um rivalry lately. So I, I will not go with Boston. I'm gonna take Milwaukee out of the uh out of the, the east. That would be the east, yep. And I think the best opponent, the most entertaining matchup would be with Golden State, probably. So the Suns is that is a boring matchup in my head. I you know, I know they got Devin Booker. Uh they got the kid from Arizona, right? Aiden. Aiden. Yeah, Aiden was eating against the Mavericks because they yeah. were just like, fuck it, we don't need a big man. We're all guards. Yeah, I just the Phoenix Suns do nothing for me. And I don't think they do anything for the majority of the country. Um, at least Golden State has the wow factor. You can you can hate on Draymond all the way through May if you want to, and that's what I plan on doing. Love it, love it, Zamlin. What what's your your predict or predictions? Oh, I can hate on Draymond every day, every second, every minute. I hate Draymond Green, and for that, I am going with the Suns out of the West. Party in the Valley. I, I think it's one thing to note that the city of Phoenix has not had a, a natty or a championship of any kind in recent memory. So Ever? 
Did the Cardinals not win a Super Bowl at one point? I, I think their their last championship was what, like the 2001 World Series? 2001 Diamondbacks. Luis Gonzalez walked off against Mariano Rivera. Yep. Just a losing city. A losing city. Well, it's, it shouldn't like, even be there without modern technology. Like, let's face it. It's the desert. Uh, no, going back to what Dan said, Luis Gonzalez up the middle in between short and second. Bobby Womack, like that was, that was a crazy year. Is the year the Yankees actually beat the Mariners, getting 115 wins. Subtle brag, but um, you haven't made the playoffs in over 20 years. You can't brag about the Mariners. <laughs> oh, but they got the next Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis. Jay, come on. And we have Jason Kelnick. Don't forget that. Okay, okay, we got we got to bring it back to the NBA. Um. Anyways, yeah. So Suns in the West, East. I'd say probably. Uh, I want to say the Heat, but I think Giannis is just hungry. So I think it's probably going to be them. And all bets aside, I'm going for the, the Suns. And, yeah. Okay. Um, I like it all. I, I think it's Heat, um, Warriors in the finals. Um, just the Heat. Like, I bet against the Heat when both – Kyle Lowry and Victor and uh, Jimmy Butler were out. And then Victor Oladipo just walks off the bench and puts up like 25. I'm like, oh yeah, they have like another all-star just like backing up their guard. So uh, I think the Heat honestly win it all. I'll probably be rooting for Golden State just to keep a civil household. But um, um, yeah, so that's our NBA takes. Reading the, the group message. Um. Yeah, okay, we're moving on to the NFL recap. Boys, we're kind of running late on time, so um, I think we're just going to kind of check on the vibe check of each of our NFL teams here. Uh, anyone Anyone have a burning desire to go first? Or should we do it in draft order? Should we do it? Let's do it in the order your, your team drafted. So we had the first overall pick out of the – oh, wait. I guess that's Zamblin, right? See, Hawks. Yeah, yeah. Um... Overall, I found the draft went pretty well. Um, obviously, we've needed offensive line support. And funny enough, with the ninth overall pick, we traded for Russell Wilson. We get an offensive lineman. Uh, Cross seems pretty well, pretty good. Abraham Lucas in the sixth round, both were coached under Mike Leach. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. And um, I will say it was the second round. We had picks 40-41. And like draft Malik Willis, just draft him because we have Locke, we have Gina, we have Jacob Eason, and then undrafted free agent um, Luke Lewis, I think is his name. And it didn't go through, and I was pissed. And there's a thing that the Seattle like PR team does, and it's draft day clues. And the clue from Pete Carroll was. Um, I think it was like next year by Macklemore or something. And so I'm like, what the hell is this? And so it turns out that the draft class was so bad in terms of QBs that they're waiting until next year. And so those are my main takeaways. I think we've got a pretty good quarterback or cornerback in Tariq uh, Wilson. And uh, I forgot what his last name is. The wide receiver, Bo, something from Rutgers, seems pretty good. So I'm, I'm happy. I don't think it's a C plus as it's rated on ESPN, but go Hawks. But the Hawks did pretty well, Zami. And I was with you on the, on the Malik Willis pick. I thought that would have been a great spot. Um, so didn't draft a quarterback. 
Baker Mayfield very much available. As a Seahawks fan, would you want to see them take a shot on Baker in a one-year prove-it deal where he really doesn't – he can't really hurt your team? How much of the salary cap is taken by Cleveland? I think Cleveland, from what I've heard, and I'm not saying I have any sources on this, but from what I've heard from the national people that do this, like Cleveland would maybe take up to like 50% of his salary. So it'd be a split and maybe it's like 10, 10 mil for Baker, maybe. No, not at all. Is 10 mil too many? Maybe it's, it's, maybe it's, it's too much. Like let's develop someone. Let's build the, the offense, defense in different positions. But no, no, not at all. What if Baker's like five mil? I take Baker at three mil. Okay and um, see what happens. But at this point, I, I just don't see it being beneficial for the locker room, front office, all that. All right. Just wanted to vibe check on you there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, who's who's next? Is it Cooper? Was it – his Bears didn't have a first-round pick. Rams didn't have a first-round pick. Well, wait. Hang on, though. We got to talk about the Rams' ama- amazing production – of their uh, their little student film they made because they just had a lot of time on their hands. Yeah, well, you know, Jake, when you win the Super Bowl, uh, you know, a lot of money comes with that. We call it wipe your ass money. Um, and what we did with that money is made a little, you know, five-minute featured production. Um, and was it good? No. But it was just to remind all you little peasant teams out there like the Bears. I won't say the Cowboys because they have money. We know they got money, but the Bears and the Seahawks. This you is what the Chicago what it feels Bears like. have money. We just no. don't have talent. We have money. Uh, you have nothing, Jake. You have nothing. You have, we have false grit. hope. Is all you have. False hope. Um, and so, just to let you know, we don't care. We're gonna win a Super Bowl. Here's a little film. Enjoy. It was terrible, um, though. It was my terrible. only critique on that film: they should have had way more puns in it. Like they, they, they tried a couple and some of them hit, but there just wasn't that many jokes in it. Like it was weird. Like it was, it was too most, serious almost. Yeah, it was yeah. like they, they were actually trying to steal the heist with Dennis Quaid and the guy from Lost. Like it, it just didn't hit. Yeah, I mean, but let's be honest, Zane. If this if this was an actual movie, your ass would watch it <laughs> multiple times. Yeah, this yeah. has like this reminded me. I think it was like Draft Day. This oh, was a total Draft great Day movie, like trailer. Movie. Great movie with Kevin Costner. Hey, come on, great man. movie. I agree, Zane. Great movie. Oh, God, great movie. I've seen that one. Oh my God! Of course you have. Well, we'll get into our movie TV show segment later, but yeah, I just thought I uh, I bring that up. Zane would probably demand Adam Sandler to play Matt Stafford in this. Hey, I have I have one thing to tell you, Jake. Vontae Mack, no matter what. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, okay, Coop, I believe the Cowboys had the next pick, right? Uh, I believe you are correct. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to say about our draft. Uh, from, uh, from everything I've read, it sounds like we reached on a lot of our guys. I think we drafted an old lineman from Tulsa, Tyler Smith, or something along those lines. And I guess he's a huge project, but has a lot of upside. Um, and then a outside linebacker to replace Randy Gregory as a pass rusher. But I guess he's just okay. And then a receiver. That's all I really know about our draft. So 
Um, yeah, I think when you have like a late 20s pick, you're kind of just hoping that one or two guys pan out and, you know, can contribute. But I don't have the highest of expectations for our draft class. Hey, the only I- thing that, that stood out to me about the draft with the Cowboys is that they picked at number 88 and they drafted a wide receiver at number 88. So that guy better be good. Oh, I didn't even know that. But I knew, we, I, yeah, I knew we drafted a receiver in like the third round. So that makes sense. Um, okay. Uh, before I give the Bears grade, Zane has to leave, but he wants to give a little summary. Oh, no, go ahead, Jake. Go first. Oh, go first. Oh, go oh, first. Excuse me. Um, pretty much the same for the Bears. We didn't have a, a pick till the first round or second round. We got the cornerback from UW, Tyler Gordon. I think, he, I mean, he's a good player, athletic. I think it addresses a need we have. Um, then followed up with a safety from Penn State, Jaquan Brisker. Also, I think a good pickup. I don't really honestly know a lot about him, but I mean his his stats seem seem good. My my the most intriguing one was the it was like the third round, the the wide receiver from from Tennessee. He was like 25 already. I'm like, what is this a gadget guy? Love it. All I was thinking of, I just watched him be the Hall of Famer for the Bears and as opposed to Kevin White, who we spent the seventh overall pick on. You know, at least it wasn't in the first round. I don't think I ever want to draft a receiver again in the first round, to be quite honest. Jake, Kevin I'm, White, baby. I'm sorry to <clears throat> inform you that this guy that you are excited about is Valus Jones, who started his college career at USC and then transferred to Tennessee. And he was so irrelevant at USC, I didn't even know that he was gone, to be honest with you. Zane, do you remember Valus Jones? Uh, no, no. Do you remember where he went to high school? I feel like I know where USC recruits come from high school more than anything. He's probably from like Florida or something. He, yeah. was, he was a kick returner type. He had a big touchdown against UCLA. I remember at the Rose Bowl. That was all that I remember from Bayless Jones. So, Jake, don't get too excited about him. Again, I said I was not excited about him, but I thought I you were intrigued. Question. I thought you were intrigued. I, w- I was intrigued by why we drafted him, a 25 year old receiver. Okay. In the third, but we needed a wide receiver. Um, it's not, it doesn't matter how good of wide receivers we have. Like, we got to get protection and our quarterback trained up before, you know. Like the the best tools are shit in a poor carpenter's hand, right? So that's basically the Bears once had Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey, Martellus Bennett, and Matt Forte, and we had like the worst offense of the league. So you know, it fix the quarterback first, and then we can focus on the receivers. It, it could have been like Allen Robinson, or maybe the guy just went on a mission. You never know. Like a Mormon mission or like a. Yeah. Real quick, Jake, Jaquan Brisker, good football player. I remember watching a couple of Penn State games and that guy definitely was the best player on the field. That'd be great. Pair him next to Eddie Jackson. You know, I'm all down for the Bears to be only defense again. Fuck it. I'll, I'll, I'll win all games 10 to 7 or lose 21 to 12. At least there's a hope. Last thing on the draft, just for the people, Jake, Aaron Rodgers has a wide receiver that they got in the second round. So how'd you feel about that one? Um, I, I hate the Packers. I don't care who they pick. I hate Aaron Rodgers. Go fuck themselves. 
And that wraps the draft. All right. We're moving on to uh, movies and TV that we've been filling the, the sad darkness that our lives are now that Gonzaga is out of college basketball and the season is over. Um, Zane, would you like to start? I know you, ha- you um, have to leave here soon. I would. I would like to start. I've been itching to get this one off uh, my chest. Fun fact, though, about the NFL draft, um, Texas did not have a single player drafted this year. What a shit school that is. Um, Cincinnati had nine. The eyes of Texas. I don't know where they're they're, They're at. They're not upon the draft. (laughs) (laughs) Not upon the draft these days. Um, Maybe the NILs is really paying. Yeah. Well, the show I've been watching when I'm not watching Dodgers baseball, um, you know, I started it with with pretty low expectations. It is uh, developed into quite the controversial topic lately. Um, winning time, HBO's Winning Time, the Lakers dynasty, with an all star cast about the uh, '80s Lakers team. Um, it is I, you know, the first two episodes I'd say are pretty slow kind of weird you don't really get the the vibe of the show it's it's sort of like a mock you series um but they break like the third wall frequently uh which is which is an interesting thing that they do and they also bring in like every like celebrity or like you know folklore person that you've heard of whether it's paul abdul makes a like a like not her personally but like a character that plays her makes an appearance you get like, uh, you know, what's the the old UNLV coach, Tar Tarkanian? Tarkanian. Tarkanian. Yeah, he makes he has like a whole like couple of episodes where he's involved, and so you know it's pretty cool. Uh, evidently, there's a lot of defamation accusations going out. Whether it's uh, you know, I think Jerry West is is sort of leading the helm right now. His hair, his character is portrayed as quite um, belligerent both in the, in, in his anger uh, management and perhaps alcohol as well. Um, and you know what? Him filing a lawsuit might actually support the show's case for him being angry. Um, but if you got, has anyone watched this on the show? Oh, I have. I, I love it too, where it's like, because there's no way um, um, Jerry West is going to win this lawsuit because like, they are not saying it's true events. They're saying it's, uh, dramatized based on it so they yeah. have no obligation to be accurate but it's like but you're portraying it as like especially with like when they're turning to people are like this is what really happened and, <laughs> you know oh i'm so smart and this is my real thoughts on the matter like, it's an interesting case i don't know right. if it's going to make it to the supreme court like jerry west has you know the supreme court might be focused on other things right now <laughs> besides the winning oh, time change. Major lawsuit um <laughs> john c riley's character yeah. is absolutely hysterical the guy who plays yeah. magic is awesome john yeah. c yeah. riley never misses i agree with you coop well my hand was up coop so fuck you oh but i was gonna say John C. Riley being <laughs> Jerry West is like you can't get mad at that, but you have to expect that that's going to happen, you know. Being Jerry Bus or Jerry Bus, yeah. Sorry, okay. no worries. the The character who plays um, Pat Riley is a phenomenal cast. All of these casting decisions were oh, yeah. spot on. I think 
Wait, which one is Pat Riley? He's the assistant slash reporter in this. Okay. Right now. Okay. Yeah. He's he looks exactly like him. Or he's wait. Who's the guy from How I Met Your Mother? Uh, Phil, John Siegel or Jason yeah. Se- Jason Siegel? Jason Siegel. Jason Siegel. Like the assistant coach. Paul Westhead. Paul Westhead, and he is the one who was in the thirty for thirty about LMU, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, great show. Also, great the, just like the amount of like storylines that just goes along with this team in year one, it's fucking insane. I gotta watch this. Yeah, oh, how have you damn. not watched this? You're, he doesn't. He doesn't have the age. Danda, don't, yeah. don't eat it. And his new pop culture. Yeah, he's also been busy with the puppy. Remember, Journey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zane. Is that your your only show you can give us before you're popping off? uh yeah that's pretty much it i've kind of looped around back to eastbound and down but otherwise you know the (laughs) the movies movies and tvs or tv shows have kind of run dry i think right now so we're about to hit that week where all the summer movies are about to come out so yeah yeah so all right cheers boys all right cheers see ya all right who wants to go next guys who has who has a a great show or movie they've been watching i'll I'll take the mic, or Zambi, you can go. Do you have it? Uh, thanks, Cooper. That's redemption. <laughs> <laughs> what an arc. <laughs> so mine's pretty quick. Um, TV show, I'd probably say South Park. Just lay on the beanbag, watching South Park. It's great. Like the the new episodes or the just what's what's ever on Hulu. <laughs> and uh, I'd say movie wise. I'm going to take you guys back a little bit. I'm going to say American Pie Bandcamp. <laughs> oh boy, that is that is quite the that's like when you're like 13 and like you, you're deciding what movie to rent at the like sleepover. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, me, me and Baja, we love it. It's, it's a good time. <laughs> it, it still hits. It still hits. It's still a little bit creepy, but, uh, you know, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like watching those movies now, you're like, ooh, ooh, oh, man, I don't know. I don't think this movie would have been made at this time. Oh, God. I was about to say something, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> okay, I love it. Those are two great choices. Uh, Dan? Coop, what Coop, you were you were next. What 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 did you have on your docket? Um so for my TV show, I started watching Severance, and it's pretty good show. Highly recommend it. Really uh interesting uh story or like I don't even know what to like say, like plot, I should say. Um so yeah, if you haven't watched it, go check it out. How far are you on on Severance? I've I've watched it. I'm only on episode three. I literally started it like this past week. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's it starts out slightly slow, but it's still really good. But it, yeah, it just gets better and better. And better. Just the whole concept behind it. I mean, I guess the, like it's. I don't think Zambia or Dan have watched the show. Basically, it's just about um like a dystopian society where um your work life and social life are entirely separate. Um. And basically just like a guy trying to like crack what's actually going on. Yeah. Yeah. So like how it works, it's like they do like surgery on you. So like as soon as you step into your office, like 
if you if it's social you you would step into like the elevator and then like you the next thing you know you step out like there's no loss of time in your perception but like the whole work day has passed but then on the flip side your work self never sees anything else besides work like you're literally this at your office the entire time hmm interesting haven't heard of this one i don't know if this is dance cup i don't i don't think this is dance cup of tea. it's not it's definitely not Friday Night Lights, Dan. So <laughs> I don't know if Dan will be tuning in. Lives uh, for the moment. <laughs> um, and I, gosh, I haven't. I can't say I've watched like a, an above average movie. I feel like the streaming services just put out just shit movies left and right. Um, but I, I do have my sight set on seeing that new uh, Viking movie. I think it's called The Northman. Northman. That looks pretty fucking sick. I may have to fuck around and go see that this weekend if i have time yeah i i definitely want to see that one too um i hear it's really good i hear it's kind of artsy but like and and not too distracting of a way if that makes sense yeah yeah i don't know i think it's gotten like fairly decent reviews and the cast looks pretty pretty top shelf so i'm about it jake i feel like you should uh round us out and, and uh take us home so i'll go here um what have i been watching every <laughs> night for at dinner katie and i watch jeopardy to Ooh, uh enhance enjoy. our trivia skills and watching a hell of a run by matea roach a tutor from toronto canada 20 day winner going into tonight haven't watched tonight but luckily lucky for us we do record jeopardy uh daily so but who's the host now for jeopardy uh, it's mixed between Ken Jennings and Mayim Vialik, whatever. It's the girl from the, the Big, Bang from Theory. Big Bang Theory. Right? Yeah, I never, I don't know how to say her name, but I thought it was uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers was a guest host, but Jeopardy is still very good. Uh, there are some. What does Jake where... want? What does Jake want? <laughs> if Aaron Rodgers became the permanent host of Jeopardy, it would ruin Jeopardy for me. But he would probably be fired like the first year for the screaming at an assistant or something. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> there are some days where uh, Katie and I will do very well. And then there are other days where we just kind of look at each other and can't come up with anything. But um, the other thing we've been doing is spending some time on the Dutton Ranch in oh, Yellowstone, Montana, baby. Rolling through. We're uh, almost done with season three of Yellowstone. So take me back to my roots uh, in the 406. Oh man, that's a great show. Um, I I do love about that show. It's like uh, anything that can go wrong just does go wrong. Like it's there's just so many like deadly injuries that you're like, oh man, this escalated super quickly, guys. Oh yeah, I'm I'm uh, right at the, like we're like post Jimmy Rodeo. Oh yep, yeah, yep. that's where we're at. Okay, I, I won't discuss more to give it spoilers, but yeah, excellent, excellent recommendations there, Dan. Thank you. Um, yeah, I guess I'll wrap it up. Uh, the show I've been watching and am in the middle of is, is this HBO Max show called Tokyo Vice. Very good. It's about, it's, it's based off a true story. And I think a little bit more than the winning time, actually probably about the same traumatized of like it's this reporter like investigating the corruption of like the Tokyo Police Department and like the Yakuza. So it's 
It's basically like the, you know, like the wire in Japan, which is just pretty awesome. And, you know, like any, anytime you go into like the Japan culture, you're like, geez, these guys are intense, but it's pretty cool. Uh, for movie, I would say the, the newest Batman was pretty awesome. I would say that's the, I saw it in theaters, great experience, a little long, but I'll give it to Robert Pattinson. I thought he did a good job. Um, Coop, have you seen that one yet? I did see the Batman. Thought it was pretty sick, really dark. Would have liked to see more Bruce Wayne. Um, but or maybe Bruce yeah. Wayne or like him as Bruce Wayne, you mean? Him as Bruce Wayne. Feel like oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, Batman. It's all vengeance, but vengeance is hey, sick. Hey, there's some Zoe Kravitz too, you know, not, yeah, Zoe Kravitz. not a bad side. Also, also sick. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, great movie. Um, also on HBO Max if you haven't seen it yet. Yep. Dan, I forgot to mention my movie that I've watched, and you guys are going to probably get pissed at me and also laugh. The only movie I've watched is about 20 minutes of uncut gems before I fell asleep. 20 minutes of uncut gems. I was going to guess Sing 2. <laughs> um, wait, did you just not like it? Or is it too slow? I think I was just kind of kind of a little sleepy going in and it was a little slow. Definitely not one of those movies you can just be watching out of the corner of your eye because it's all just like dialogue based. Yeah. I liked uncut gems. I don't think I could rewatch it. Just how stressed out it makes you. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay, I want to give it another shot for sure because KG is in it. And there's some sports components. I feel like it's something I'd enjoy. Um, just got to be in the right frame of mind. Yeah, I, I'm like Jake. It's like it's a decent movie, but it's not a movie I need to watch. You know, more than once. Yeah, there's not as much sports as you would hope. I think is is going to be the problem you'll face, Dan. <laughs> You just kind of, it's just Adam Sandler is just a piece of shit of a human being. <laughs> I'm right. a simple man, Jake. I am a simple man. There's hey, there's other, nothing wrong with that. There's nothing I wrong might, with liking what you like. I might have to go. The other movie that comes to mind that I've watched semi-recently is definitely the Sean Payton, Kevin James movie. Oh, God. I watched that one. I could. I was like, what is, is this a comedy? Is it a redemption story? <clears throat> is it like, I, I could not get a handle on it. You know what I mean? I just like. I was just gonna say real quick. I liked the the long snapper that kept getting just kicked in the butt, and he would just be like, "Oh, my butthole!" And it just reminded me of Cooper for some reason. So <laughs> I enjoyed that. On that um, same vein of cheesy movies, it recently came to my attention that there's a new Cheaper by the Dozen. Oh yeah, with the guy from Scrubs. Yeah, Scrubs. I think uh, Gabrielle Union's in it. Oh God. <laughs> So and Katie uh, can watch that together. Um, does Dwayne yeah. Wade make a cameo? Does who? <laughs> Dwayne Wade? I'm not, probably. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, as a huge, huge fan of the Cheaper by the Dozen um, franchise, I will definitely be tuning into that at some point. Other people are excited for the new Marvel movie. Coop's just like, oh, sick! The Cheaper by the Dozen universe is expanding. <laughs> There was oh, yeah. a lot of story arcs that weren't finished. Except I'm definitely, definitely giving me Steve Martin over Zach Braff any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a pretty, pretty good take there. Very good, Coop. Before we go, this just came to my mind. Quick, uh, Tuck in the Tommy's update. What's going on in uh, Tuck's baseball career? 
Uh, the Tommies are a whopping, I think, like 10 and 21. So, been a, been a struggle, an adjustment, moving from D through the D1. Tuck's getting some action uh, every every uh, once in a while. Um, I guess uh, he's a, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, but it just depends. It's like based on the scouting report is when he pitches and he'll get like an inning or two as a reliever. Okay, so, kind of like a, like a swing guy maybe or? I, yeah, I guess like what I was looking for is like situational. There you go. Based on- based High on, leverage? Is yeah. Is he the high leverage guy? That's a, that's a tough, tough role. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's year one. So, you know, the bar is not set too high, but I don't know. Does he have more than that one strikeout from the last time we talked to him? Uh, I believe, yeah, he has a couple under his belt now. Hell yeah, let's go, Tuck. So yeah, um, I'm sure there'll be more of that to come in the coming years. But yeah, Tommy, Tommy's are hanging in there. Keep on filling the strike zone, Tuck. Trust your defense. Go Tomcats. I, I was bummed. I wanted to go watch them this last weekend when I was driving by St. Thomas, but I had to do wedding stuff. I was just like, uh, I guess I can't skip my brother's one year for Tuck's <laughs> baseball game. I don't think that my family would have bought that excuse. They did, um, just to kind of close out uh, Tommy talk, they did beat the University of Minnesota, their crosstown rival. Ooh, um, that was a big win. So, yeah, I mean, beating a – I don't think Minnesota's good at all in baseball. I think they're – in fact, they're probably the worst in the Big Ten. But huge win. First win against a Power 5 school. So, got to love it. Hell, yeah. Go Tommies. Okay, well, I think that's all we had on the docket. Boys, we started at, with five people. We're down to three. But thanks, everyone, for, for signing on. And um, hope everyone enjoys this episode. Go Zags. It's good to be back, fellas. Let's do it again. Deuces.